listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Hello, hello. What's up, Desperate Housewives fans? I'm Roxy Stryer, along with co-host Sarah Stratton. And in the booth, we have the wonderful TJ Jesse Janity. What up? What up, After Buzzers? I love this theme song. I always forget how it's, it's kind of eerie, kind of cute. It's kind of whimsical. Wait, can I tell you whimsical. a story about this theme song, actually? Yes, please. It happened oh, a week ago. Yes, you can. Um, so I went to a gas station. And you know, gas station, they usually play the radio or it'll be like some old country music playing or something. Tell me the song was on and I'm not going to believe you. Okay, so I was sitting in the car and I was just waiting and it was some like old, like sketchy music. And as my friend was coming out... When she opened the door, literally, this song played, and I was like, I started dying laughing. I felt like I was at Disney World, like, Yeah, that's what it's like. And it was so loud, and it that's kept hilarious. going. It, like, the actual song must be, like, five to six minutes long, because it lasted the entire time while she was pumping the gas. Oh, my that's God. That's hilarious. And How would you even go about finding this song? Is it, are there lyrics? No, I mean, no, there were no lyrics to I can just picture it, like, station. going with her, and her being like, it was amazing. Pour the gas. Yeah, like, everyone was so happy all of a sudden. It was just like, it really felt like we were in Universal Studios City That's Walk awesome. So that's a tip to anybody. To make anybody else's life happier, <laughs> just add just in some music. Desperate Housewives music. Just add in a soundtrack to your life. I always... Like, this is a happy moment. Happy music. I know that I'm, ugh, I have to get back on topic, but I just have to say, every time I walk in a room, in my head, I always... It's really embarrassing, actually. You know, the song goes... In my head, it plays every time I walk in. So that's a little little tip. Whenever, that actually probably helps you so much. Yeah, like, I, without... I like strut it when I walk in, and people are like, "Oh, hey, rocks!" And they don't know, but I know what's going Exclusive. on. <laughs> oh, but that's embarrassing. Okay, moving on. Let's talk a little bit about the show. Somebody who has just as much attitude in their step and their talk as I do. Gabby, the wonderful Gabby. So, all right, we see uh, quite the little cotillion. That's what it's called when the manor school. I, yeah, I think so. The people get ready for cotillions. I think it's like okay. the manor. The Maybe. manor. Yeah. Oh, okay. They they basically Gabby decides to put her kids through Gabby's manor school this episode. Uh, Pulls and, them out of regular school, right. To put them through this Gabby's is way manor more important. Now, how many kids does Gabby have? Two. And we know Juanita. <laughs> Who the hell Celia? Has she creepy, ever said a word? Child. Has this girl ever said a word? She sits there and, like, 
pretended to eat the salt and was eating food with the Barbie doll's leg. Is we she... pretty much just see her eat. What's the deal? Is that the character, or did they cast a bad actress and now they don't want to give her lines, or do we just love Juanita so much we don't need another character to be introduced? Or why? Why is Celia a blah? I think that I don't remember like if she's ever been that important. I can't I... remember a time that she. It's just the other she... child, and she's recognized as other child, and the show itself makes fun of the fact that these. That she's the other child. I mean, you saw Bob and Lee go, oh, and the other one. Yeah. Completely making fun of the fact that no one knows who she is. Because I literally, it was the first episode in eight seasons that I've looked at the girl's face. Honest to God, I we've seen her a million times, but all of a sudden I started thinking, holy crap, if I saw this girl on the street, I would never be able to say who she was. Ever. No. Nope. I, I wouldn't recognize her as opposed to Juanita who's like freaking steals the show sometimes she's awesome little fireball but okay so we see them they go through this manor school because uh Carlos and Gabby decide that they need somebody to a new guardian a new guardian because Susan clearly is going to be in the jail cell next to Gabby if it ever comes down to that point so they pick Bob and Lee and I thought it was a good decision their only decision uh but Bob and Lee don't want to take on the responsibility because I thought it was kind of interesting that out of everyone they're picking like their neighbors. Like I know they're their friends, but something just struck it interesting me as, like, as opposed to their parents or something. Or like family or something like the fact that their only options seem to be the people they lived on the same street with. Yeah, uh, dramatic license for sure. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, I agree. But they do pick them, and Bob and Lee don't want to take on the responsibility. Uh, so Gabby tries to prove that they can do it, and. They do a great job. Well, Celia was a nothing again. But Juanita does a great job. What was she feeding her? Celia? Yes. Jelly beans? Oh. I couldn't tell. It was like green little slime balls. I thought they were jelly beans. I thought they were... I knew that they were supposed to be... I thought they were supposed to be some sort of candy. They looked like drugs or something. She was like, I'm going to pop this in your mouth over and over again. It was so weird. Celia's freaking bizarre. She's bizarre. But yeah, okay, so... Uh, they do a good job. She's feeding Celia the green slime balls, and she's feeding Juanita money. And then everything's going perfect, and they put down the garage door at the very end, and much like Toys R Us, it's gays are stupid. Uh, all right. This was a really sad moment, actually. Yeah. As funny as it was, uh, it was... what exactly was going on with Juanita here, and, and why did she feel the need to do that? I mean, we get the impression that she overheard Gabby and Carlos talking, and Juanita thought that her parents were either one, Carlos was, they, were, they she thought that Carlos was dying. So Which she just thought, explains, like, the mind of a little kid. It's so sad. They're so smart, and they pick up on so many details, and sometimes those details lead them to make assumptions that are ass-out-of-you-and-me assumptions, but that is so sad. Yeah. I felt really bad for Juanita in this moment. I really did. So she wanted to destroy, like, she didn't want to go to Bob and Lee. She wanted to stay with her family. She was just all worried, and it was yeah. really depressing and not a high note of the episode. I know, but that, that was pretty much all that we saw Gabby in this episode. She was around, but that was pretty much her, her big storyline. The only other thing we see is her kind of bonding with Bree over the fact that they're the only two who seem to know everything about the murder and what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, why why did they pick these two? I mean, I think it's 
pretty logical why. I mean, you've got the fact that it is Gabby's father, and it was her husband who actually committed the murder. Right. And it was in her house. Like, she, it's, if the person who would suffer the most would be her family. Right. At this point. And then Bree is the, they point out, she's the takeoff. She's the person who is in charge, who runs the show. In the driver's seat. Always. So the fact that these two have to know everything just seems logical. But don't you feel like Lynette has always been portrayed as somebody who's completely in the driver's seat as well and always looking to have the power and always looking for the upper hand? Yes, I do. But I think it was completely valid for the women to try and let Lynette focus on her marriage because that was supposed to be what's the most important Oh, so you don't think they should have told her? About the, uh, we know what you did. I, mean, I know what you did. We made you, it makes me sick. Yeah, the, the note. note. Um, part of me thinks, like, yeah, they should, but part of me understands why they didn't. Like, I'm not saying I would do it the same way, but I understand, like, their reasoning for it. I understand thinking she's having a really hard time with her husband right now. Maybe we can fix this. Okay. I can understand that. So the only person that we know doesn't want the power and isn't in the driver's seat at all is Susan. Uh, and we see a whole big deal with Susan this episode and her art teacher, Andre. 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 I can never remember this guy's freaking name. Andre Art. Andre Art. So basically, Susan's been painting people and, and puppy dogs you know, and flowers happy and happy things. And she has great technique, uh, but nothing real. But or nothing with emotion. Nothing with emotion. deep. But does she have to take that so literally and then flip a 180 and paint a crime scene? What the f- no. What the F, Susan? What this are you was, thinking? Exactly. This was so, so unbelievably stupid. Literally, you couldn't even... Couldn't she do something that was abstract? Like kind of a body no she literally paints a body with four women four women like you couldn't even if she just painted a dead body even if she just painted a sad woman like really you have herself looking at an empty hole or something like something representative yeah something about emotions and what you're feeling and how you're feeling alone or how you're feeling ostracized by these other women or how a dead body's haunting you you painted yourself and your three best friends Looking over a dead body in a grave. Yeah, it's completely insane. It went way beyond believable and just was stupid. I do not like this at all. Would this be able to be used in real life? Would this be able to be used as evidence against somebody? Do you think? Because now there's the missing person I think if you showed it to a jury, it would be. I don't think they could actually say it, but... Yeah. You know, like, if anyone caught wind of it, if it I was be. on, if I was a member of the jury and this was a painting that was created by a suspect, guilty, hands down. And even if they're not, if they're dumb enough to make that when they're being charged with something, idiot. The whole, it's just way beyond believable. Do you not was, like the storyline or do you like it? That she did this painting, I don't like it at all. Okay. I'm really thrown off by it. Just, it's so stupid. And the fact that they show it of her taking it to the teacher. I would have even understood if she painted it, looked at the painting, and then destroyed it until, like, a, tried to rip it up, and then someone put it together. 
that I would understand more. The fact that she takes this painting and then shows it to her teacher. Yeah, and we can get into that about productions, but showing it to her teacher, knowing the possibility of it going somewhere. Knowing the possibility of someone else seeing it. Yeah. Like, well, what do we think about um, that? What is that Asian girl's name with the teacher? <laughs> she had quite the bod, that girl, though. She, I was just kind of like. sexy number. Of course they threw it in there. Amy. Amy. Amy, knows. yeah. They threw it in there. Um, she's a very interesting person that they've added to these episodes in Susan's art class to kind of spice it up, give something a little yeah. different. Um, I would die for him. I would <laughs> I would follow him into hell. A little comic relief. Okay. I thought it was funny. Um, I'm glad that he's never hit on Susan so far. Yeah. Like, I don't want him to, like, go after her. I think that would just be annoying. Um, but the f- it's just, I'm still stuck on the crazy painting being stupid. What I didn't like seeing was back-to-back episodes of uh, Andre with his son Jasper and then with this woman Amy. It's like, I, I don't want to see all these different people in his life. I wanted to stick with the Jasper story or stick to Amy's story. We don't need to introduce all these new people. Mm-hmm. That mean nothing to the show. They Desperate does that sometimes though. They'll like put they put a whole story in an episode. And it annoys me. That's annoying. Because like we last episode we end with, I'm gonna try to be a better father. And, and then we don't see anyone. And then it's like, oh, we're, that's supposed to satisfy me? Oh, that you're gonna try to be a better father. Oh wait, next week you're not hanging out with your son, you're screwing up student. Who's half your age? Closer to your son's age. It's true. They do it, it all is the time. true. It's it is freaking true. annoying. Um, okay, but then we, we have a little bit of a breakdown from Susan before she makes this painting. What actually finally motivates her to make this painting is like we were saying before, the fact that she feels like such an outcast from all these other women because they all know something that she doesn't know and they've all been mm-hmm. talking about something. Uh, so, of all of them, she definitely knows the least. Right. So before, like, I, I don't know whether we were playing devil's advocate or if. Honestly, you believe that you wouldn't have t- you wouldn't have told your friends. I'm not saying that's what I not what I would have done. I, mean. I understand that they didn't. So, but being Susan in this situation, how would you have felt? Would you have tried to step back and be like, okay, I kind of understand where they're coming from. I am sort of a loose cannon, or would you have been like, f you guys? Honestly, I feel. I mean, I think it was wise of them. Like, obviously, she's gonna paint the crazy ass painting, like. Susan has no control. She tried to, like, get herself arrested earlier this season. She, she like, broke down in front of a classroom of kindergarten kids about a gerbil dying. Yeah, she constantly is letting loose. Like, she's complaining about all this stuff. Like, why would she want to know more? I completely understand why they wouldn't tell her. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have told her, but really... It's hard because you create this personality type in the way that Bree did, in the way that Susan has, where everybody will turn to Bree always and expect her to be in the driver's seat. Everybody turns to Susan and expects her to fall apart. And if I'm a line from this episode, you make your own grave, you make your own bed, and and then you got to lie in it, you know? So it's like, it's hard because Susan, on the one hand, can get as pissed as she wants, but that's the person she is. That's how she's portrayed herself. That is what she's made herself seem to her friends. So... How can she really get mad at them for saying that she's going to fall apart when that's she's what's happened in the, ha- in the past? I mean, she obviously can't. We see no component of her pulling back and being reflective on herself. As much as she's trying to dig deep and understand how she feels, she's never really thinking about how she's acting. It yeah. doesn't seem that way, at least recently. 
is this opening up a whole new door for her art and uh, are we going to continue to see paintings from her? Or is this about all? Is this the reason they put in the art story? Yes. Okay. So this is about as far as we're going to go. Um, who knows? She might do a whole line of creepy death things, but this is why. I think they were headed here. I think it's ridiculous, but this is why Susan is in art. What did you think to of the painting? To expose something that they had, that now they finally had hidden, and of course she just reopens it up. Right. Which is why they didn't tell her. Yep. Connect the Point blank. What did you think of the painting, if it was just a painting and on a wall somewhere? Oh, I didn't like it. Yeah. I The painting was not. No, it wasn't pretty. It was boring. It was boring. Just like all of the paintings in her portfolio, pretty much. Yeah, but so why does he like this one? Just because it's dark and creepy. (laughs) Is it dark and creepy, Sarah? So dark dark and creepy. creepy. Okay, so (laughs) I guess we can move on from the whole painting mess, even though we know it's going to come back up eventually. On to a family matter. So the whole Lynette, Penny, Tom, Jane... This whole situation, uh, very realistic, very hard to deal with. And the thing that stands out to me most uh, is the moment when, not all the bullshit, where Lynette is kind of talking crap about Jane but pretending not to and feeding ideas to Penny. Uh, Not when Tom confronts Lynette, none of that. It's the moment where Penny and Lynette are in the car. And I, I thought to myself, there are just these moments in life where two people mother and daughter connect they connect and they get each other and they look at each other at each other as more than this is my mom or this is my kid as or for selfish reasons whatever they look at each other as people and people that they want to help and Lynette realizes this girl has a father who loves her Mm -hmm. and this has nothing to do with me her relationship with her father has nothing to do with me and I have to let her do that And Penny realizes, oh, my God, my mom's probably really jealous of this woman and eventually calls her mom beautiful um, and was like, you're way prettier than that Jane girl. And I feel like they just finally reached a mutual understanding and got each other. And the moment that they reach that place, she gets out of the car and Lynette starts to cry. And it's because she knows she did the right thing, but it's still And she also made this huge realization to herself about just... What is Tom's doing and what his relationship's doing for him and what she couldn't do for a while. Right. And I agree with you. This mo- That was the moment in the car that really stood out for me with Lynette's story. It was just really heartbreaking, but so good in a way. And I was so proud of Lynette that she was able to like push her daughter out towards her father and make sure that their relationship was okay. And you could like see her like realizing... And like coming to coming through with all these ideas as she's talking to Penny, like she is telling her daughter exactly how she's like thinking. Like she's being completely like honest with her and just trying to make everything okay. And it was just so it was such a nice moment. I yeah. really liked it. I agree. I was just kind of thinking about this. So like speaking of how they uh, about Penny, and before when we were talking about Juanita, how do you think that the writers pick which kid to go with? I mean. Lynette and Tom have five kids. So how do they pick which one to give the storyline to? Do you think it has to do with the, the actors and how much they like them? Or or just because Penny's the female or, or Juanita's the more loud one? How do they pick that? I think for Lynette's family, I think it's definitely for this situation. 
it was a lot based on like age and like what they realistically could do. I mean, they're obviously not going to choose the infant baby. So I think it was between Penny and her slightly older brother, not one of the twins, the other one. Do yeah, you know I know the redhead. Yeah, it was between the one glasses. of them. And then um, I think it does come down to a whole bunch of factors like acting, which one like she's the girl and it's a new female. They could obviously they could probably make a closer bond between two girls and more yeah. believable than um, the son and a new woman. Like because they had the whole fashion thing. They had the place like they have more in common. So yeah. there's more for Lynette to get jealous of. Mm-hmm. And, like there's a difference between like, you know, it being like your little male bonding and female female bonding bonding. exactly um as for Juanita I have no idea why Celia has never um gotten to speak I feel like Like why wasn't Celia switched at birth why isn't Celia ever the one who wants to be pretty and dresses up in the clothes why isn't Celia ever the one getting in trouble do they just not want to introduce that many characters if so then why is there even a sister on the show yeah, or why did they pick someone that they don't want to? I don't why know. Why did Tom and Lynette have a fifth kid, a baby? Where is the baby? Who's ever taking care of the baby? Well, why did that ever happen? Is there a baby? Did the baby die? <laughs> no, there's there definitely a baby. Um, but, you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why? Well, that was a huge thing. Like, that was, it was more, I feel like, the pregnancy that was the big deal. Right. Than the child's for at least the baby of Lynette. Yeah, I thought they were going to age the kid. You know how shows sometimes do that where they just all of a sudden announce that one of the characters is six years older? You know? No? No. Sometimes shows do that. They're like, there'll be a little note that's like, for the purposes of this show. Like modern family. Like modern family. Really, mostly like soap operas do it a lot. But, you know, they just age the kid so that. Which modern family actually only aged one of the kids and all the other kids are the same yeah that's what usually happens and it's funny but honestly i don't mind when they do that because it's like i don't want to watch a baby like that i, I guess have I've never noticed i mean i watch modern family and i know that like the lily uh, yeah lily is older but i was just, I was just like eh. i just like glazed over it <laughs> yeah they do it sometimes i thought that they were going to age this kid but they didn't and now there's just a baby that we never see and makes me think sometimes like lynette's downstairs and i'm like wait a second Where's the baby? Where's the baby? I think about it sometimes, too. What's going on? Where's the kid? Uh, it happens a lot in the show. You'll start to think, like, Susan, Susan has a kid? MJ. MJ, where are you? Are you just at school all the time? I don't know. But, okay, anyway, so uh, another question I had about this situation is, is Jane overstepping her boundaries? At the beginning of this episode, we see her come in. She's taught Penny how to braid her hair in a French braid. She asks about going to see Wicked in front of Penny, um, she's not really being respectful, but again, Jane doesn't have children, so she probably she does. doesn't. She does have a child, the fitness instructor. Oh yeah, that was see her in my child. head, I'm sitting here making excuses for her being like, oh she doesn't have kids, she doesn't know. She totally does have kids, so she's just a bitch. I also think that part of it comes from the fact that Lynette confronted her, yeah, and was like, hey, back off, and now she's like, no, and now she's gonna be like, well, now I don't have to be nice, right? Um, do I think she's stepping over her boundary? I think it's a really fine line. It's really difficult to be like, oh, I'm dating this new guy. I want his kids to like me. And be like, where's, you know? And yeah. especially if you're obviously now not on good terms with the ex-wife or separated wife, then What do you think difficult. about with Tom? Was it just too soon to introduce his kids to somebody? Yes. Just too soon. Yes. And 
no matter who she was, I feel like she's doomed to begin with because it's just too soon. The woman's screwed. Even though Penny does like her, there's got to be some sort of resentment at some point. And there's got to be some sort of like, you need to take a step back and think. You got to jump in there again. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'm all for, like, you know, going back out there after a while, but you you don't just, like, jump in. You have to think, or else there's no hope. Like, if you've been with somebody for so long, no matter what you say, you guys are a part of each other. And you're not a complete individual. And then how can you go from taking a piece of yourself, putting it down, and then before you fill that with yourself, putting somebody else right in there? It doesn't work. It doesn't work like Like that. Like, it won't fit even if it could. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, but I think that's all about Lynette, Penny. That whole family situation. That whole family thing. Um, Moving on to the big thing of the episode uh, with Bree and... Ben and Chuck in this whole situation. And body. Ben and, and body. Ben, ben, Brie, body, body, body. The, the bees. That. The bees. So Chuck should just leave because he doesn't fit in with the bees. Nope, doesn't fit with them. Uh, so, okay. Brie ends up going to Ben uh, to talk to him about his first day at work and the construction site. Really, she's going there to see what the hell's going on with his body. And he is extremely upfront about them finding a body. He just, like, throws it out there. Yeah. He's like, well, we found a body. I haven't called it in. Oops. Yeah. Like, let I, me just trust you a little more with my life. I thought he was literally about to say, like, I'm a cop or something. I thought something was going to come out like he already knew, and that was why he was so open. Because I was so confused. I thought he was going to say he was a he cop, was too. So... But not then. I thought he was going to say that when he got up in Chuck's oh, face. in Chuck's face. Yeah, I thought that a little there, too. But I was just like, I thought he was going to, like, come out with some revelation. But it was just, nope, I'm going to be really honest with you. How freaking hot is he? Oh, my God. I thought that so many times this episode. <sighs> there was that. My favorite part was when he stood up for Brie. And I was like, oh, oh, yes. You're so dreamy. You can stand Great. up for me anytime. Stay there. Uh, but, okay, again, with the chemistry with Ben and Brie. It's just there. It's just there. I don't even know if the show is trying to do it on purpose. Uh, it's just there. And... For them to try to ignore that now and just have him with Renee is like, come on. Yeah. Come they on. have, I think that they have more chemistry than Renee and him. Obviously, like, they just, have so much more in common. No, but there's just something there. It's like, something that you can't, you can't write. It's just a thing. It's mm-hmm. there. Like, I think that the actors work well together and they look great together and they talk. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have red hair and you know that bothers me, Jesse. They don't have the I same hair. I don't they, understand. They don't have the same hair color, but it's close enough. Like Roxy likes people to be together who have the same hair color. I just think when people look like siblings or like have the same hair color, they're cuter together. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. But you know when you see two people walking down the street and one's like has black jet black hair and the other person's like bleach blonde and it's like, well, they don't look good together at all. I disagree with you. I think no, you don't okay. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, okay, no, but I do think they're really cute together, um, and I want to see something happen there. But I don't want to see her betray Renee as a friend. So now I feel like Desperate Housewives has put me in a pickle. They have. So it's a what the true f- thing? Um, it's definitely going to cause some drama. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we'll have to leave some of that preferred predictions, but. There's a pickle there. Uh, there's a friendship. How strong is Renee and Bree's friendship? Like, 
gotta consider that. I mean, they're definitely friends. Yeah. Are they the closest of the women on the block? Yeah, no. Of course not. It's. Mm. Although they have gone out manhunting together before. This is true. And Brie won with Brian Austin Green. That is also true. And that just sucks for Renee if she also wins over Mr. Ben. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know, but okay. So And Bree's in a, another pickle. Her main pickle is that Crazy Chuck is being crazy, crazy. What's the deal with this? Like, why? I'm like pushing her into the car. Why does he suspect something from Bree? Right um, off the bat. I mean, she's suspicious. Why is she suspicious? Because he finds a missing persons report. He, he pulls it up and he goes to Bree. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Why she's not? She's suspicious in her responses. One hundred percent. Once he goes to her, she's suspicious. But why all of a sudden he looked at this and was like, "Oh, I remember this face." One night I was walking the street to Bree's house and I saw him. Bree, you're lying. You must have seen him too. Like, I mean, a lot of things were suspicious at the very end of their relationship. That's true as well. Like she was being How she weird. ended it so quickly, and so maybe he has some little red flags from there. Does she have no feelings for him anymore? I mean, I thought that I thought it, it was sucked really... for her because she really liked him and she had to end things, and then she's acting like she has no feelings for him. I think that she was just taken back because he was being so rude. Like, he was like, you never loved me. You lied every time we were in bed together. Like, I would not be nice if someone was saying that to me either. Yeah. I'd be like, hold up. What are you crazy person? Get away from me. Which is exactly what she did. Yeah, that is what she did. Um, but she, he really was aggressive with her. Uh, talk about police brutality. And uh, then Chuck gets kicked out by the band saver. Mm-hmm. He just came in there. He just came in all, shining all, armor. all mighty and sexy. and It was great. And was like. Showed no fear. No fear. And was like, you might be a cop and pretending to be badass, but I'm actually badass. Yeah. He didn't say it in those words. He said something like that. That one was so sexy. Yes. I love him. We were all, it was just so happy. <laughs> Except for the one last line. As after Chuck's parted, after he like Ben scared Chuck away, Ben like turned to Bree and was like, it was like really weird. He was just like, well, she's like, why'd you do that for me? And he's like, well, maybe oh. you'll owe me something one day. And I was yeah. kind of like, I was like, uh, uh, I just did not want that answer. And the way he said it was so like weird. Uh, it was really awkward. I wrote it down. She goes, why did you do that for me? He says, Never know one day might need something from you. But he but wasn't it, like, never know one day might need something from you, neighbor. It was like, and it wasn't like one day sexy. might it was need like something creepy. for you. Like, he already knew what he needed. Yeah, it was weird. It wasn't sexy. Yeah, it was like, uh, weird. And But I kind of let that let, let, let that go because like he was cute. Yeah, I think if, if it wasn't a misread, if that, if... If there actually is something more to it, he did a good job. Um, if it was and he didn't mean anything by it, it was like awkward, really awkward. And why did you say that like that? Creepy. Agreed. But I'll let it go because he's so cute. Are we in agreement there? Agreed. I think that pretty much covers the episode, though, from uh, start to beginning and everything else we'll have to save for predictions after our commercial break. Sounds good. The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning, fast downloads. And get technical with me. After Buzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Join the fun at your number one source for after show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. After Buzz TV. <laughs> 
Why? Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Moving on to predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so... <laughs> they actually gave us a lot this week. Okay, if you can't see why I'm laughing, Sarah's doing some weird thing with her hands because she's a freak. Um, so basically, they gave us a lot this week. We see, number one, Carlos passed out in some cab. Guessing that has to do with some drunken, some alcoholic thing going on. Yes. Or something. I didn't... I wasn't. I didn't really see. All I saw was him like face forward, and I was like, is, "What's going on?" I was just confused. And then Gabby says something like, "Carlos, why are you passed out in the cab?" Yeah, it was weird. I didn't really understand what that was. I don't why did they show us that as a something. prediction? It was kind of weird. Sometimes they show us these monumental predictions, and then sometimes they show us little scenes like that. And it's like, what is that really mm-hmm. that big to next episode? Is that what's supposed to make me want to come back next week? Because it didn't. Because it didn't. Uh, but a couple other things did. Uh, for instance, we see. Chuck in Bree's apartment, and Bree's and Bree like, has a "What gun. the hell are you doing there?" Is that what I couldn't tell? It looked like a gun to me. I didn't. Know. I thought it was a gun. He broke in. Uh, I would just shoot him and claim self-defense. <laughs> just kidding. Unless he had a warrant, but you've got to display that shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. You you would shoot him. <laughs> I don't know if it works that way. And I think she's already got enough. She doesn't want any more attention being drawn towards okay, her. I wouldn't do that. Uh, we like. see Susan's painting. In a, gallery. in a gallery, and we see the girls going, and they say, this is an artwork, this is a confession. Yeah. My major note of this episode was, part of it came from the episode itself, and part of it came from this clip, was, Susan is stupid. Really? Like, even, are you stealing even, that from the gays are stupid line, and just erasing gays? <laughs> so it's, Susan is stupid. Susan are stupid. <laughs> I mean, exactly. but like, I'm like, I was trying to figure this out in my head. I was like, even if like she said no and they took it from behind her back and put it in. Like, yeah. Even if that, like, light it on fire. It's made of paper. It's not that difficult. Like, stab it. Stab it. Be Paint like, over it. Say you'll make something else. Make something else. Don't show it to people. Yeah. Make it and feel it for yourself. Why are you trying to get Andres' approval so much? Yeah. You know you Isn't made something. Isn't this supposed to be like a big revelation where she forgets about grades and it's about her and herself, but she seems to Yeah, I didn't understand. They did that with this episode, and I thought he was going to be like, yeah, your grade's an A+, but you've got nothing to show for it. But that wasn't the point. Yeah. It, it was, was bizarre. Uh, okay, but we see that, and then we see Lynette with her whole new hair, and then we see that she is under Tom's bed, and Tom and Jane are messing frisky. around in the bed. Awkward. So gonna be bad. Uh, okay, is he gonna find her there? Is she gonna jump out? Um, is she gonna get tips from this girl? What's going on? I really don't know. I don't. Is Tom not gonna be able to get hard, and she's gonna be all excited about it? I don't know. I just it makes me uncomfortable even thinking about it. It's gonna end up good or bad, though. Is it is it going in a good direction or I bad direction? I think it's direction? gonna end up bad. I think I don't know. I just feel like someone in that situation has predict to predict something here, Sarah. Predict something. <laughs> I just feel like someone in that situation is going to be upset. Okay. Like, either Tom's going to be pissed at Lynette because she's there, or Lynette's going to be, like, crying because they're messing around, or something. What is, uh, I didn't understand in this episode, did Mike bury the body? Did we see him stash it? In the foundation of a house. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Um... And that's, we're just letting that go, and it will never be found. I know it's definitely going to be found, right? I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't know. 
Uh, we we're wrapping. We I mean, have a how many episodes do we got left? Uh, not many. We're on episode seven, right? Episode six. Yeah, but don't they go like twenty something? Yeah, I'm just saying we don't. It's, this is the last season, oh, right. so it's not like so. we can carry over. We've got just a little bit of time for how could they hide the body, find the body again, take care of that, not get arrested. I just feel like the body's gone now, and we'll see. The evidence is in the painting. I don't know. And how much evidence is a painting? I don't know, but I guess they can use, like, whether your eyebrows raise, you look left, you blink, whatever it is. Sometimes they use that. Well, okay, I can't do that. I can't do the rocky eye raise. I can't do that either. You kind of just did. I can't do it anymore. And on that note, I think that's all of our predictions for this episode. Uh, We will see you guys here next week, and we can figure out what is going on and... What's the deal with his body and if it will ever be found? And so much more. See you next week, fans. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.